All right, I want to thank everybody for joining us again today for another edition of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I'm super excited about this call today just simply because I've been talking with today's Servant Leader back and forth in some form of fashion for a couple of months now. Um, and I just really enjoy what I see from this Servant Leader. We have Daryl Jones on today, uh, you know, pastor, author, but amazing man of God and true servant leader who has walked in the sports world and he'll tell you about that. But more importantly, like I tell anybody, when I ask God to move on who should be on here to speak and give his word, it is not just those people that talk the talk and know the word, but they walk the walk and walk the word. So I'm super excited to have this conversation. Uh, Daryl, I'm super glad just to have you on it for your time today. Even though you're a cane, we're going to talk about that a little bit. I'm up here in Tallahassee, Knowles and Rattlers, but we meet in the meet. We both love those Rattlers. But today, Daryl Jones, y'all, I'm super excited about it. So I'm going to pass the torch to you, my brother, to get started and just to introduce yourself and, and let's get this conversation going. All right, Chelsea, I am grateful uh, that you had me on. And it is amazing how we connected just through social media. And yeah. uh, I truly see it. I was talking to my wife. It's just one of those God things. Oh, and yeah. He knows that I'm all about however, however the Lord can use me, however, the Lord, however I can edify believers, however, that if an unbeliever is watching and, and my sports connection of life will allow me to get their ear that I can share my testimony and the hope I have in Christ, man, I, I jump at the opportunity. So I'm, I'm, I'm real glad to be on. And um, it's amazing um, how 2020, as crazy as 2020 has been, also how the Lord is still moving. And we have learned, I, I'm sure with our church, you know, I pastor a church in Miami, Florida called the Rock Fellowship Church. And uh, we're, we're a young church plant. We just turned four years old. So we just nice. try out everything and then this hit but even with our members and then others we talked to we quickly learned that church is not about the building and church Come is on. not the church is not reduced to sunday worship like church is the gathered believers followers of christ and we're building up one another in christ that we grow in the lord and we that's it play. and so uh it's actually been healthy for us in in some sense but we have missed gathering together and honestly i'm an extrovert you know i can talk all day to people i love to be around <laughs> so it's been rough on your boy like i love to meet with people and get coffee and you know i like to do face-to-face -face discipleship you know one-on-one -on -one or me and some men you know and 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 we've missed that now thank god we have technology like this where we can zoom and we've utilized that but uh i do pray and hope that sometime in the near future we can safely you know, get together, but uh, just just some some little background about me, uh, and I love the title with the show title, Servant Leadership, because uh, a background about me, you may be thinking, I, I don't sound like a, a South Floridian, I don't sound like I'm from Miami, I sound like, I hope, I hope I still sound like what I am, I am a Texan, you know, I'm born and raised in Dallas, Texas, uh, some of my Texans tell me I'm losing my twang, I'm, I'm trying to keep my Texas twang living in Miami. <laughs> and we'll do it to you here in Florida. <laughs> I'm like, no, I got to keep my Texas accent. But no, I'm a Texas boy, born and raised, and sports uh, was my thing. My daddy ran a little track in high school, and that's it. My big brother, I only have one brother, he was a musician. He played some little league sports, but he was a musician. He was a lead singer in a band. Uh, they was doing their thing. You know, I thought he was going to be like the next, you know, they was going to be like the next time or something. You know, he was going to be Prince or something like that, you know. Um, 
And so I grew up under that, but sports just, just grabbed me just some kind of way, just really, uh, I, I was all in and I played every single sport and you couldn't tell me growing up, I wasn't going to be an all-star in the NBA. Like basketball was my game. But in, uh, in eighth grade, I went to go play football because my best friend was the star quarterback. Now, fast forward, it's funny. Both of us are pastors now. Can you believe that? We go back to seventh grade, we pastors, but he was the man in middle school. And I just wanted to go play with my boy. And all of a sudden, I could outrun everybody. Like God just sprinkled speed on me and I could outrun. He put me at running back. I didn't know how to stand. I didn't know how to hold a ball. I didn't know anything. And uh, it just took off from there. And I still thought I was going to the NBA. And uh, my junior year of high school, football just blew up. My, that season, my junior year from the first game, it was, and it, it is what it is. It's not bragging. Just I, I was an All-American. So if you put on a highlight tape, it was like, it was me, you know, and uh, <laughs> I, could, I could run, you know, that's the thing. In high school, if you can outrun everybody, I didn't even know the game. All I knew was get the ball, take it to the house, you know, and, uh, and so it blew up. But in my mind, I was going, I'm hooping. We had just lost my sophomore year to state championship and we were coming back number one in the state. And I'm like, we're going to go win state. But I had some pride, had a couple injuries on my feet and my coaches brought me in. They said, Hey, uh, every school in the country wants you, you better pick anywhere you want to play football. Uh, but, uh, you need to get your feet healthy. We know you're going to run track. And, and he literally said, this was tough love. Cause I cried like a baby. He said, uh, your dad is five, six, your mama five, three, you ain't going to the NBA. So you need to quit that basketball, <laughs> get your feet healthy. And uh, and I ended up coming to University of Miami and uh, was a captain on the 2001 national championship team. So won a national championship and went on to play with the Giants, the Bears and the Vikings. And uh, during my time with the Bears is when I answered my call to ministry. And, um, and now I'm pastoring. Um, and I share all that because I want you to see this flow and see how, you know, God has moved in my life. But I want as far as athletically, but I want you to see how through all of that, how God was getting a hold of me um, to trust Christ and then to serve in ministry. Because going back to middle school, when I said I went to go play because my best friend was a star and I became the running back. Um, and it, I got to say this too, we won the city championship. We were undefeated too. We won the city championship. Okay. <laughs> hey, that's, that's, that's that athlete in me, right? That's the athlete in me, right? Yeah. We uh we had a good time and uh but our coach was a deacon at his church, and so uh as and he was a coach through and through and we got some sayings that we joke about him and stuff but he always uh, was pointing us to the Lord he was always challenging us in the Lord and um in ways uh, in almost in every single way you know from when it came to school to how we treated girls in the hallway to how we practiced to how we played you know he was. And I didn't even realize it as much then, but he was always challenging us to understand what God has for us and who God wants us to be as young men. And uh, we just trying to play ball, you know, and he was our football coach. He was our basketball coach. He was our track coach. And um, and with that, I, he he instilled some things in me during that time of my life that, that have paved the way for who I became because... I said we won the city championship in football. We also won it in basketball, and we also won it in track. The reason was not so much we had more talent than everybody. We had talent, but he instilled a work work ethic that was connected to what God has gifted us with that had that that's never escaped me. Like I've always kept that in mind. Like if God has given me these opportunities and God has given me these gifts and abilities, 
don't sit on them, like continue to work and you work unto the Lord, you know, and it, it was amazing that he was instilling that in us as 13 year old kids, you know, as 14 year old kids and then get into high school, the same thing and having, I had, I was blessed with, with, with more Christian coaches that had a huge impact on our life that held us accountable that, um, you know, that prayed with us, you know, matter of yeah. fact, Matter of fact, I went to Dallas Carter High School. You may have seen us on some movies. Sometimes we're a little misrepresented. You know, we, we hood, but we ain't that hood as they show us on TV. Uh, but, you know, we, uh, we, we when we got on the bus, our last offensive line coach, he actually just passed away. We praise God for him. Yeah. With the man, he was passed away Sorry this week. Uh, coach Neville's, yeah, man. We, we Our heart go out to, to the Neville's family. He was just such a great man. Uh, but when he got on the bus, he was the last person on the front bus, on the offensive bus. And before we pulled off, one of the players would stand up and would recite the 23rd song. And then we drove off. I mean, stuff like that. That was huge. Now, I'm not going to say everybody on our team was a Christian or anything like that. But it was an impact on us that always yeah. kept us focused um, and also kind of a, a level of accountability that 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 we're not autonomous. We just can't be doing our own thing. Like, like this is a blessing that God has given us the opportunity to be able to play this game. And so, um, and then I get into college and I come to the university of Miami and I'm surrounded by all stars, you know, uh, just recently, you know, one of my roommates, Ed Reed, just went into the hall of fame. Another teammate, Adrian, Adrian James is going into the hall of fame. My, uh, yeah. one of my other roommates, Reggie Wayne is about to go into the hall of fame. Like, so I'm, I'm surrounded by, Oh Yeah coming in day one and we all think we ballers we from every every different state and our coach our receiver coach who we spent so much time with um was pouring into us about what kind of men we were going to be then on top of that we see him come to christ he came to christ while we were in college and see the transformation with him and it helped me grow more and more and more in my faith wow that impacted me because I was actually, I didn't say this, I was actually called to preach when I was 17 years old, into my junior year of high school. I suppressed it, and I just wanted to tell people I love Jesus, and I want to play ball. That's it. But God did something for me, and it's in this realm of this servant leadership that um, I registered in my third year in college. That was unprecedented. That's not something you normally do. It was really some, people thought I got hurt. I didn't. Uh, Santana Moss had blown up. Reggie Wayne had blown up. We were all, we had one other, we were all going to be seniors of leaving. And they talked to me about considering the red shirt because they didn't want, we were just going to have freshmen. You know, we just had this new little freshman come in by the name of Andre Johnson. Did they don't know about it? <laughs> this is a little freshman, huh? <laughs> well, the freshman that came in, they didn't want just be having like what we call young pups. So I was like, man, it's embarrassing. You know, I've been on ESPN. I've caught game winning touchdowns, but I prayed and, and me and my dad prayed about it. And we were like the only con for red shirt in my third year was my pride. Everything else, you know, looked up. So we go on and uh, Santana and Reggie end up going pro. And then I have one more year. I'm a fifth year senior. I'm I'm so sold out for Jesus. I done got married. So I'm married now coming in playing college football. I'm the, I'm the married uncle in the locker room. On the college football <laughs> uh, sold out for Christ. Right. And, uh, and it's my time in practice. I get all the balls. I get it. I mean, Ken Dorsey's targeting me. This is supposed to be my year, right? I get hurt, miss half the season. I ain't never been hurt. I've never missed anything. And I'm like, God, what are you doing? What are you doing, Lord? Like, why would this happen? And uh, the Holy Spirit did something in me to show. And I was a captain. You know, I'm the captain. I'm the I'm the fifth year senior. I'm a you know I'm a I'm a leader 
on the team. You know, I'm the one yelling at folk about workouts and let's go, you know, and all of that. And uh, now I'm hurting. I can't contribute. And I feel like a failure. Now, now I'm also too, I'm like, man, I, my draft stock dropping. I don't want to got this wife. What we going to do? You know, all these type of things. And God through the Holy spirit just showed me like, Hey, I want to use you as an example of how we live as followers of Christ when it don't go exactly like we want it to. Wow. So, became, so this is where my servant leadership took went to a whole other level because I became like a player coach. I was the first person at everything. I was passing out the game plans. I was, I was on the field, on the sideline, on the phones, on the headset with the coaches upstairs, making sure everybody. And I said, I'm going to model what it means that I can, the ways I can contribute and the ways I can lead, I want to lead. And uh, while I couldn't perform and do what I was wanted to be doing, uh, I found that I was supposed to be sending an example, you know, and uh, I saw God really blessed that. And then I was able to come back and play the last few games. And, you know, I was a starter in the championship game and, and I got to live that dream as well. But I learned a lesson of one, we, our, our relationship with Christ is not transactional, meaning I, I, I don't just, okay, I'm a pray and I'm a, and I'm a, I'm a live right. And then Lord, okay, you're going to give me everything else I want. No, no, no. I, right. I, I serve and worship him because he's God. And from there, he gives me what I need for me to live out his will, you know, That's and that, that helped me at 22 years old. And from there, uh, from the giants and the bears and the Vikings, I continue to learn that and then on into ministry. And um, so I praise God for you coaches, because I want to let you see you. You're looking firsthand of how God used uh, godly coaches to shape me, you know, uh, to challenge me to be the man of God, to be uh, they always what kind of man you're going to be, what kind of husband you're going to be, what kind of father you're going to be. And uh, and it shaped me. And um, as I told Chelsea, if you're watching on here, if you don't know me, uh, we got married. 18 months after we got married, we had our first baby. And after that, every other year, up to number seven. So we, I thought we're done. Seven is, is it. The Lord kind of shutting us down on that. But, you know, it's a blessing. And all those things that my coaches instilled in me um, helped shape me. And now, in serving as a pastor and a husband and a father, when thinking about servant leadership, it's really ultimately... And, and I'm, I'm going to speak like from now, not just my past, but from right now, my heart, you know, is that I can live out 1 Corinthians 11, 1, when, he's, when, when the apostle Paul says, look, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Yes. So, so if, you know, we look at leader, a leader really is an influencer. Like when you can influence people to do whatever the job is, like I said, you have you can have good leaders and you can have evil leaders. Like I, I tell people, uh, uh, no, no, I'm gonna say this: righteous leaders and evil leaders, because a good leader gets people to follow. I said so. I tell people, like when you look at leadership, this can sound crazy, but hear what I'm saying. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Hear what I'm saying. Adolf Hitler was an excellent leader. He was evil, but he was excellent. And why do I say that? He because had, people followed him. He drove a whole nation to try to take over the world. Believing that the super, the ubermensch, the Superman was blonde hair, blue eye, and he himself had dark eyes and dark hair. Can you imagine? He led a whole nation and, you know, he yeah. totally lost, but he, he got people to follow him. Now that's evil leadership. So sometimes I, I joke with one of my sons, one of my sons is brilliant. And I said, look, we want him to be Batman, not the Joker, because, you know, you, you can go, we don't want to go those ways. So yeah. we think leadership really is influencing people 
uh, to achieve whatever goals. The, the oxymoron that we as Christians put onto this leadership is this servant leadership because that, that you look at it, that's an oxymoron. Yeah, but, it is. But we take this model, not from the world. We take this model from Christ. You know, and you, y'all about to get a little bit of preach out of me right now. But when you think about that, when I say I want to live out 1 Corinthians 11, 1, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That means I'm calling people to follow me and watch me and only do so as I follow and imitate Christ himself. You know, so I got to be focused on Christ and looking at Christ. When you think about we're coming up on, you know, we're in this Christmas season, right? And yeah. Christmas carries all, you know, so many connotations and too often we get distracted on what Christmas really is about. Um, Christmas is really Christians celebrating God's faithfulness and promise for Messiah to come. We are celebrating the incarnation of the eternal son of God who put on flesh. Now, when you think about the implications of this, when we talk about servant leadership, we're talking about the eternal son, Jesus Christ, as the agent of all creation, uncreated, eternal in his person, creator of all, all things created was through him, and yet he pours himself out into his creation to while at the same time being God, he's also subject to being hungry and sleepy and tired, hot. You know, he's subject, he, he subjected himself to be ridiculed, mistreated, beaten, bruised, and even nailed to a cross to die physically. And it was to fulfill God's promises that he would take care of the sins of his people. He was, he became the atonement. He would come in and model, live the perfect life that we couldn't measure up to so that he could be a perfect sacrifice for us. That's what we celebrate on Easter, the crucifixion and resurrection. Know that our sins are forgiven. So when we think about the incarnation, we're talking about the ultimate model of servant leadership to where he's creator. We bow down That's to it. him. Yet he's come in to walk among us. Emmanuel, God with us. God's promise going back. John 1.14. When it speaks that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, that dwelt, the Greek word there is for tabernacle. That's why it says we beheld his glory. So going back to even when the Exodus, the tabernacle to be built and the temple to be built, when God says, I'm going to be amongst my people, Jesus came, he tabernacled among us, we beheld his glory. God has come in and he has modeled for us how we, as followers of Christ, ought to live to give him glory ultimately because he has saved us. We don't do it to get saved. He saved us so that we can now walk out the good one said for him. Come on now. So I love it because when we think about that, it's like, okay, if I'm going to be serving leadership, that means it's going to take humility. I got to humble myself. I'm not, I can't think of myself more, more, more highly than I ought. And then from there, I'm influencing, I'm casting. So when it comes to coaching, when it comes to family, when it comes to workspace, if you're serving as a leader, yes, you're casting vision. Yes, you are directing the ship, but also you do it in a way to where you're influencing people to reach their optimal uh, level of contribution of what they have to offer. And so what I like to do for me is I like to think of, and I don't, I don't, I didn't come up with this. Uh, I've been a bunch of leadership training, so I don't even know where I got this from, but it's like this, it's, it's, it's this 
upside down leadership. That's what certain leadership is. But if you take, like, if you if you looked at a pyramid, and I'm not talking about pyramid schemes, I'm talking about just a hierarchy. You, you, you got, if you got employees, then you got uh, supervisors and managers, and then you got CEO at the top, right? You know, uh, whatever kind of company it is, you know, you you cast in vision, you 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 you're 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 guiding the ship, but then once our vision is cast, once tasks have been delineated, once all of everything's been set for us to now do whatever it is we're going to do i flip it upside down now how can i support you to get done what you need to get done do i need to make any phone calls do you need any extra whatever you know uh i remember when i first when this first really hit me was when i was um i served as youth pastor with tony evans in dallas texas for six and a half years nice and, um, and uh man great great time there man he's he's one of my fathers in the ministry man we got a great relationship he's been so encouraging and supportive of me and um it was it was when i really got into this i started to my staff even noticed that they saw a difference with me where i would come in and i you know i would tell this is what we're doing this is what i want to see this is how we're going to do this and i would lay all that out and then once they all out i would be coming to their desk hey you got everything you need do you need any extra this do you need and i remember one time I was like hey you need you need a new calendar i order a new calendar so i was in their support role now so that they can achieve all that whatever their jobs are and and what they saw they saw something with that and it actually really helped us in our um just in our relationship you know we we, we became we all became very close and that doesn't have to always be the case you know in any job or uh field but it actually helped because they they actually now served and worked at a i would say at a higher level because they saw i wasn't some kind of dictator or tyrant they saw somebody that I actually cared about them. I cared about them and how they're fulfilling their roles and responsibilities. And that made them want to, and now hopefully they were doing it to serve the Lord, but that made them also kind of feel like, hey, you know, you know Pastor Darrell got my back, you know, and I'm, I want to, I want to, they don't want to let me down, you know what I mean? And uh, because the, the truth is too, as leaders, you got to hold people accountable. If they didn't, if I've given you what you need to be doing and I've given you all the support and you're still not doing it, now comes that side for me is in shepherding. Okay, there may be some maturity, you know, that we need to grow. Uh, uh, understand the responsibilities, how you fit and to try to shepherd people to where they need to be. And so, uh, and those are things though that from Christ as my ultimate example, but I start to reflect on, you know, certain coaches, you know, where they would, you know, they tell us what to do, teach us what to do, then they show us what to do, then they hold us accountable to what to do. And, and they, they everything was to try to make us better. And this is something that, you know, doesn't make sense to the world. To the world, serving leadership, because to the world, power and domination is, um, it's, it's, it's glorified, you yeah. know, versus humility and service, you know. And um, so for us as the body of Christ, it is, highly important that as we look at the life of christ that it does become a model for us to like not to earn or deserve anything from him but we model it as a thank you for what he has done you know when we, when we talk about the gospel the gospel is not that we just you know live good lives you know jesus didn't come that bad people be good he came that dead people may live so the gospel is the kingdom of God and entrance into the kingdom of God through the personal work of Jesus Christ. Out of that, we model the kingdom. So, uh, I, and I'm gonna steal this from my, my, my pastor, Dr. Evans. He used to always say, he says, the life of the Christian is to be like a movie trailer. It's a preview of coming attractions. So the kingdom, that's the movie. I like that. The movie. But we, 
the world looks at us and they see a preview of coming attractions of what it looks like to live in the kingdom. And I love that. So that, that holds me accountable just as a man, as, as not just a pastor, but just as a, just a brother in Christ, you know, just as a brother in Christ. And, and I hope to do that with my, my wife, my children, you know, cause for me, it starts at home. If I don't pastor my home well, then the church, come on. I shouldn't even be passing the church. Now that's that's just the word. That's in Ephesians five. I, I shouldn't be passing. Yeah. The well, no, that's First Timothy three actually. But I, well, actually Ephesians five and three. I, what I supposed to be? <laughs> I was about to say you got both. <laughs> what I'm supposed to be doing? But it's you know it starts there. So for my kids, for my kids, you know now I'm daddy. I got that daddy voice. I think we all get blessed with that daddy voice. We get folks to straighten up with just it's this tone. <laughs> it's not a yell. It's just a tone. It just you know you straighten up. But with that is, you know, I model before my kids. They see me apologize to them. If I was wrong, I apologize. I apologize to mama. You know, if I did something, I said, hey, we sit at the dinner table. I said, hey, I I, I actually said something crazy to y'all mama today. I apologize to mama today because that, that that's not how I was supposed to. They might not even seen it. But that's I want huge. them to understand. I want them to understand what it looks like that. Even my faith is not just about church or being pastor. My my faith in Christ actually, it, it it's every part of my life, you know. And so, um, that's something I hope that can just bless folk and really, really, really think, you know, through. And as we navigate, you know, these waters, uh, coaching, business, family, all these different things, that we really look to say, hey, uh, you know, I I want to be able to look in the mirror at night and say, hey. Did, did I walk in a way that I can honestly, sincerely say, hey, y'all imitate me as I imitate Christ. And if I'm not able to do that, then I need to, I need to start redirecting, you know, things in my life. So that's, uh, that's where I am when I think about serving leadership. Daryl, I think that's spot on, man. And for so many reasons, I think that's spot on because you gave us and take, took us through a journey. You took us through a journey. Majority of the time when people, quote unquote, arrive or they serve in a place of leadership, and we've talked about, about this a couple of times. They only want to show the glory. Yeah. Right. They yeah. don't want to show or tell the story. Yeah. And yeah. you gave us that portion. And what we need to learn as servant leaders is when you give the story and then share the glory, yeah. that allows people who don't know who Christ is or want to know more about them, more intriguing moments to say, okay, wait, I need a little bit of that. In my yeah. life, the first line yeah. you talk about when you talk about sports, you say he sprinkled a little extra speed on me. Can you imagine <laughs> what would happen if people would seek a little sprinkling of whatever yeah. they need? Yeah. Yeah. Story. And that's what you did. Yeah. You know, I knew based off of what, you know, just learning each other, your road and your journey and your athletic ability. But yeah. I also knew, as some would say, the rise and the fall, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you the fall most people just want to tell the rise man i played with him i played with him i played with him man i was a bad brother and then they back up yeah but it's that that story that you provided that's what's going to bring people through yeah 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 another portion you mentioned about is humility and i think that is missing because much like what you said you have various you know forms and fashions of leadership yeah right but if we're going to do it the right way it is modeling how Christ himself did it and gave the playbook yeah. our sports, the yeah. playbook for us to follow. Yeah. And yeah. in the midst of that, you know, I'm reading your shirt and I see it says spreading hope. Okay. 
And we know we all experienced 2020, you know, and I was talking to somebody the other day and I said, it's funny because people mentioned 2021 and are readily trying to get it to arrive yeah, as yeah. if things are just going to breathe easy. Yeah, yeah. That's going like, to be the answer to everything, right? It's all over. It's over. Everything's over yeah. January 1st. And I'm like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And no. unfortunately, people, if you're listening, I need you to understand something. That is not the case. Yes. Okay. The only way that's the case, if God has already planned to breathe on that thing yeah. and change happen when that clock strikes 12. But yeah. in spreading hope, understanding what that 2020 has been tough for a lot of people who aren't able to view it in the way that maybe me and you have. Yeah. yeah. Give us some examples or give us some, you know, some hope, right? Can you tell us as yeah. leaders, how can we provide some of that same hope to those that follow us? I don't want to just say our players, right? Yeah. employees those that lead us our flocks how can we spread hope when all individuals see around them in their eyes is negativity man you you uh i'm i'm gonna jump ahead i know this may come later but no that's fine you see it back here and so i'm gonna tell you i wrote a book on this very thing that was released this year august 29th it came out and it's titled why lord why finding hope in a world of hurt and how it came about. So I actually had the manuscript pretty much done right when the the shutdown happened, when the country got shut down and it was just like, man. And a few weeks into that shutdown, my wife was like, babe, you might need to think about getting that book out. And so I called a couple pastors and a couple of those endorsed it was, uh, was Tony Evans and Jack Graham. I said, read this, tell me what you think. And when they read, they said, you need to get this out. Because uh, at first they asked me, is it about coronavirus? I was like, actually not. I actually wrote it before the pandemic. But uh, I had had so many conversations with people on this very issue where they see so much negativity. They see so much chaos. They've, they've experienced bad. They've been victimized. Or they're actually um, reaping some of the bad decisions that they have sown. And now they're trying to figure out, okay, if God is God, why do I see this? Why do I experience this? And what I found was through conversations, uh, many people would think that the Bible was silent on that topic. They thought the Bible had nothing to offer. So when I would go to scripture, they'd be like, oh, I didn't know the Bible said anything. <laughs> and so it, it, that stirred something up in me to where I was like, hey, I want to write, I, I want to get something out that can help some people. Um, and where it sparked, this, I got a little bit of this in the book. Uh, where it sparked was we do a segment on Second Sundays called Questions for Pastor, where people submit different questions and I'll take five to 10 minutes and I'll answer, you know, I'll pick a question and I'll answer it. Um, and it's, it, it's tough because I'm not spending a whole lot of time on it, but uh, I want to give, you know, give an answer that that's, that's uh, at least sufficient. And so I was asked by someone, somebody submitted a question that said, where was God doing slavery? Now, I know the question they were asking. But there was something deeper than that. It was what the, the deeper question was, why would God allow such suffering and, and evil? That's really what the question was. And so to take it to there, I, I, I started to answer. And I, I put this part in the book. I'm not giving too much away. But I said, I said, which slavery are we talking about? Are we talking about Egyptian slavery? Are we talking about, say, uh, Hittite slavery? Are we talking about... Uh, Medo-Persian slavery, Babylonian slavery? Are we talking about Grecian slavery? Are we talking about Roman slavery? Are we talking about the trans-Saharan slave trade across North Africa? Are we talking about the current 
slave trade, with human trafficking, not only in third world countries and in Europe and other countries, but also happening right here in America. Which slavery are we talking about? Now, the reason I approached it like that was to say, hey, we're talking about something on a much grander scale. Now, I know the question was about the transatlantic slave trade and American slavery. Yeah, I, I knew that's what the question was, but I wanted to do was frame it like that wasn't anything new. And that type of treatment is not anything that has actually been eradicated anyway. So what the question was, was suffering. And then I dove into the answer and understanding who God is and understanding the current state of our world. And so when you're dealing with people with these type of questions, I wrote this book because I wanted people to understand that we live in a fallen world, meaning we live in the presence of evil. So we deal with consequences, not only for our own sin, but even for the sins of others. And this is where the good news of the gospel comes in, because there is a remedy. There is indeed a savior. This is not all that is. So what needs to happen is through the discomfort, through the inconvenience, through the pain and the suffering that we see and experience in life, the gospel shifts our perspective and how we see it, how we respond to it, and how we walk through it, trusting God and his promises and faithfulness. And so uh, too, too often, believers have thought, oh, if I say yes to Jesus, it's all good, no more problems. That's a deception from the enemy. That's a deception from the devil. Like, no. Like, and, and one of the things I'm honest about, and I will share this in the, in, in the book, I said, I, I as a pastor want to tell people it's going to be okay. It's going to be all good. Truth of the matter is, I can't say that honestly, because one, I'm not a prophet, so God didn't give me that to tell you. Two, mm. uh, I see in scripture, and this book, I wrote it in a way that I didn't want it to be too intimidating. I want it to fit in your back pocket, but I want it to be power packed. I wanted your motivation and encouragement to come from the word, not from some cool stories about my life. You know, I have some things about my life in there, but I wanted the word of God to minister to you. And I said, one thing we see in the scriptures, I can tell people is this. You may be in a tough season of life. It may be rough. All hell may be breaking loose in your life. It may be for just a moment. It may be for a season. And if I'm going to be honest, it could be for the rest of your life, but God is still faithful. And if wherever you are in that, God hadn't dropped the ball. Nothing has slipped through his fingers. So God may have something for you in a way he wants to use you for his glory in it for kingdom business. And so God going to use you in the midst of that, that nobody else would be able to touch some other people, but he's going to use you in it. So it's a shift in the perspective to see like now, instead of me, me being me focused, I'm not God focused in my situation. So, yeah, I'm uncomfortable. So what, what do I need? I need Holy Spirit strength because I can't hold myself up. I need the body of Christ to come alongside with me. So the whole thing, I grow in my prayer. I grow closer to Christ instead of drawing further from Christ. And that's really the hope for the book. So because the hope is Jesus. Our hope is Jesus and his faithfulness. Not our faithfulness, his faithfulness. So even when I fall short, when I'm tripping, I can always go back to, but he's faithful. He's faithful and I can lean on that. And that's the hope I want to share. That's a, you know my spread and hope share. I wore this on purpose. I knew it was going to be on here. And I like red kind of my color. So uh, that's, that's my high school color. Since high school, that was our high school color. So I like red everything. But uh, I used to wear my high school shirts under my UM stuff. So I'm, I, I, you know, <laughs> uh, spread, spread and hope really is something that we, especially in this pandemic, especially in the craziness of our election, especially in the midst of much of the racial unrest and the protests and all of that, that we have a hope that we share. The world, the world can't understand it. It's, hope, it's, it's spiritually appraised, but we share it. We point to Christ 
and we let them know. And, and the hope is, and the, the motivation is that they too come to grasp and have the same hope we have, which is in Christ. And so while 2021, man, who knows what that thing has to hold? Like we, we just had to, st- we just stopped, we just stopped again and regathering. We need the movie theater. There's different issues. So we, we're going back online only. Uh, if you ever want to tune in, it's rockfellowshipfl.org slash streaming, you know, uh, and uh, we're doing that. And the honest truth is I've actually, it's funny how God to navigate things. I've actually been in some conversations with some people that are uh, uh, connected to the, uh, the Surgeon General and some people in the government and they sharing things. And I'll share that they were like, man, we, you know, we're looking at it in a lot of ways, you know, after Easter into the summer where things are going to start to really kind of open back up. Uh, but then we still look at another couple of years where it get back to what we kind of used to be kind of doing life. And it's just honest. So it's like 2021, who knows? But I do know who holds tomorrow. And I do know while I have life in my breath, uh, I'm on mission for the Lord. I, my task is given. So I'm going to give glory to him. And uh, we're going to seek his wisdom as we navigate. You know, and, and when you think about this, I, 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 I'm concluding a, a, a series on the Holy Spirit right now. And uh, it, uh, it, it's amazing. In the Old Testament scriptures, it speaks of the Holy Spirit being the spirit of truth, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge. Mm-hmm. When you think about um, God's mission and how God wants to orchestrate things, I thought about uh, when, when God uh, was bringing people to come build the tabernacle and the temple, it speaks of that they had the, the, the architects and the builders and the masons had wisdom from the spirit to build this structure to worship God. So it wasn't like just this natural talent. It was God gave them the understanding of how to build it. And then I thought about Joseph. You know, Joseph would interpret a dream and it, and what's the dream? It's gonna be seven years of abundance and then seven years of famine. If you don't know what famine means, that means seven years of misery. Folk are starving, folk are hurting. And God tells them, God didn't stop it. God said, this is what's gonna happen. And he gives Joseph the wisdom of how to address the situation so that people can get what they need during that seven years of struggle. And we see this this ultimately goes towards God's mission for the nation of Israel and then the coming Messiah and his salvation history. But God didn't remove that seven years of, of struggle. Now we sitting here, we like, man, hold on, pastor, you're not telling me we're gonna have seven years of Corona. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I am not saying that. I am not saying that. What I am saying is that in the midst of suffering and struggle, in the midst of it, God gives wisdom to his people so that we can, go through we can go through and he receives glory because what happened was if you think about joseph's story pharaoh recognized the god of joseph and then you know we we saw what happened later but even his brothers that sold him out they recognized what god was doing so it became a witness to god so don't think that it's for you and our comfort that God take us through. It's, it's ultimately for his glory that we come to not rely on ourselves, but we rely on him. So that's the hope we point people to, Chelsea. I love it, man. And I think that's the biggest thing. I tell people all the time, and especially my, my young babies, my players, and, yeah. you know, the mindset is once I accept Christ and he's my savior, nothing bad is supposed to happen. Yeah. But yeah. That's not what that means. No, nah, exactly. Get the nail on the head, especially with that last line when you said God gives us the wisdom 
to be able to go through it. Yeah. Portion that you said, and it's something I tweeted out, I think about a week ago. Uh-huh. And, and, and it truly is what God wants us to see in moments such as these, that God doesn't remove you out of a situation because he wants you to find him and what he's trying to show you in the situation. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And we focus on the the pain and the hurt and the struggle, right? And the pandemic so much that it's like, have we really taken a step back and a seat back and said, okay, God, what are you really trying to show me? Yeah. There's power in stillness. Yes. He says, be still and know that I am God. There is power in stillness, but we we are so often moving, moving, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. There's some times where, and people laugh at me, but I'll have the TV on, but I'm listening to something. Yeah. Or I'm being still. Yeah. Nothing, I'm being still. Yeah. Prayer is a conversation. I was having this conversation on a call the other day. Yes. Yes. We pray, say, all right, God, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. Oh, by the way, thank you. All right, amen. Because <laughs> 90% of that prayer was yeah. I need to request, right? Uh-huh. All right, amen. Then we get on up, right? And we go. Did we stop for a minute and listen? Exactly. 60 seconds. Did we take a minute and just sit? You know, I tell people all the time, I love it. And it's almost like, you know, in the Bible app, they'll do this. And before you start any plan, right, they'll say, take a moment and sit and feel the presence of God. Amen. Something that we have to be prompted to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Reminded to actually sit in his presence. Yeah. Continuously praise. But at what moment do we worship yeah. in the stillness of just who he is? Yeah. yeah. And I think so often within life, but especially in this pandemic, the reason why people are running and racing for 1 1 2021 is because they don't recognize that in. 12, 12, 2020, and all of 2020 yeah. wasn't trying to remove what we're in. We don't know. Just like you said, yeah. we don't know the length of this. Only God knows. Yeah, yeah. In the midst of this pandemic, have you taken even, even if it should have been more than that, but even if you have not, my charge to you right now is just be still. We yeah. talk so much, be still. We move so much, be still. We try to figure things out way too much. Yeah. Still and know that he's God. Amen. Amen. You, Chelsea, you, I'm so encouraged when you said that prayer is a conversation because that is something our members probably get. I, I hope they get sick of hearing it because that means it's in there. I'm always telling, I always say, <laughs> prayer's a, I say prayer is a dialogue, y'all. Prayer is a yeah. dialogue. When you look at the scripture, and that's why, like in this book, you know, you can get on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, anything. Why, Lord, why? In this book, the whole thing was like, I want you to go to how God has revealed himself. Because I don't want you mad about God thinking something he never said. You know, they, 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 oh, God, 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 it wouldn't do this and this and this. Like, no, no, that's, that's not something God ever said. But what God <laughs> wants to do is, I said, like, one thing, I'm going to give this away. One of the things in the book, I said, one thing is God allows some of these things in our life to show us two things. I'm going to give you two. I say four, but I'm going to give you two right now. Two things. One, he shows us our limitations. We are not God. We are not God. We, we think we got the solutions. We are not God. Sometimes he brings us to our knees to, to remind us of our limitations. The other thing I'm going to give away from the book is this. He often allows or causes certain things to show us that this is not our home. This is not we what we're looking for. We are 
anticipating with excitement the return of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of glorified bodies, the resurrection of the dead. I tell people, one of the things I started doing, I was intentional of when I preached funerals is, I say, the Christian hope is not that we die and go to heaven. That's what we hear about. The Christian hope that separates us from any other faith system is we believe in the literal resurrection of the dead where there will be a new heavens and a new earth, no more sickness, no more pain, no more death. We will be with our king forever and ever and ever. That is the good news. So if you think that this is all there is, you haven't grasped the gospel yet. So now, now we're we not, we not uh, you know, we're not gluttons for pain. So I'm not looking for pain. I'm not looking for hurt. You know, I'm not looking for struggle. But what I do understand is, is that this is not all there is. And there is going to be suffering. And we are to be, again, as the kingdom, as kingdom kids, you know, we as his children ought to be that, 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 that preview of coming attractions. We're going we gonna to put the kingdom on display. And we pray that God gives us wisdom of how to help, like he did with Joseph, how to help people deal with. So, you know, and, and, and God does that. You know, God, and God uses people, unlikely people, the people you wouldn't even think. You know, God uses those people. Uh, he gives them wisdom of how to, to help us navigate and get through. But it ultimately is, uh, it's all to point us to him. And so um, I pray that we're reminded of that going into 2021. You know, uh, I, it, it's, I, I, I've been sharing this. What a great time to be in the body of Christ right now. Because the world is looking for hope. The world is, the world is looking for answers. Yeah. People, things, things that people have trusted in, this year, it failed them. You know, I, as a pastor, marriages, uh, many marriages are struggling right now. Why? Because folk at home more than they used to be with each other. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they come and stuff that was underneath is now rising to the Surfacing. top. They're having to, deal with, they're having to deal with it. And they've dealt with it poorly. They haven't given it to Christ. They haven't, they haven't, uh, it hadn't been discipled. And yeah. so uh, this is a great time when I, I say this, not that this is great, but this is a great time for us as the body of Christ to give God's answers, not the answers that people, uh, we're not, we're not giving people band-aids, you know, we, we dealing with, we giving the cure and the cure Come is, on. you know, we're we not trying to, we're not, tr we're not trying to give a morphine drip. I tell I, I you'll hear this in the sermon. So the morphine drip, well, we can't do nothing about the disease. So we're just going to make you comfortable as it continues to destroy you. We're not giving morphine drips. We're giving cures and the cure is Christ. So uh, what a great time to be, 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 be serving in the kingdom. Listen, I, I couldn't write that fast enough. <laughs> oh my God. I'm telling you because, and, and that is so key. You know, and that's another reason why I'm still, mm -hmm. I was listening and I love Christine Kane. I love Christine Kane. Shout out to Christine Kane. You are amazing every morning that I listen to you. But she, on Friday morning, I was listening, Thursday morning, sorry. And she talked about the simple fact of what you said. We get so stuck in our broken places. We get so stuck in pain and we want the worldly answer. Yeah. We want the things that sound good. We want people to dwell in our misery with us as opposed to breaking free. Yeah. She said, um, and I don't want to misquote, but she said, take up your man and walk. Just like the word says, she said, but unfortunately, so many people are so used to us being on our mat that when we actually get broken free, when we take up our mat and walk, people don't like it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. at that point, 
point, we are seeking the answers from Christ. Amen. We're not able to be on the phone with you anymore, speaking yeah. negatively. We're yeah. not able to give you answers and woe is me, oh girl, let me tell you, I know, me too. No, yeah. no, 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 no. We're speaking joy. We're not giving band-aids. We're not giving morphine drip answers. <laughs> it was so good. I'm stealing that. I'm telling Take you. Right it. Take it. Take it. making you comfortable. Yeah. Because the only way that you grow is when you move out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And when you move out of that comfort zone, we're going to give you God answers. And God yeah. answers are not always easy. Yeah. yeah. God answers are not always easy. But just like you said, you mentioned it. You said God shows us our limitations. Yeah. Why? Because in that we find his strength. Amen. In Amen. that we recognize that only he can. Yes. Right? Yes. Some people tell yes. me all the time, well, Chelsea, why don't you lean? Why didn't you let me know? Why didn't you call? Sweetheart, because I know my, limit, my limitations. Yeah. And I know that I'm going to who can Yes. All right. I don't yes. want a bad day. I don't want a morphine drip. I don't yeah. want to be caught. Yeah. I know who can fix it. So I'm going for the cure. That yeah, was so good. <laughs> oh my God. That was so good. Yeah. That, that just flowed. Like I got to write that down too. So I can drop that on something. I don't know, but uh, it, somebody needed it. Somebody watching. Like right you now. said, that was a God thing. It was a God thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, and, and I mean, in a nutshell, I've never truly been able to fully explain that. Yeah, you know, but I think between what you said and God moving, and like I said, bringing it back um, yeah. from my girl Christine Kane, that is so true. I think it's so easy, and it is. It's a part of our flesh that does that. Yeah, yeah. Where we yeah. see those things, we want to wallow in the misery. Yeah, we want to, yeah. you know, and, and it is. We do. Okay. Sometimes we wanted to be broken for a minute, but God didn't call us to be broken. Yeah, yeah. God didn't call us to be in pain. He's a healer. He wanted He's us to take up our mat and walk. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I just feel that we need as servant leaders and as leaders in this walk of Christ, especially in moments like this. Mm -hmm. 2020 has been hard. It has. It has. It has. Right? Yeah. I I hope nobody feel like I'm sugarcoating 2020. Like it's been rough. It's been rough. No, no. And I don't think you made that approach. And I don't, I honestly don't even think that somebody that may not be at that place yet saw it that way. Right. It's definitely been rough, but what we want people to see it's not just the, you know, those rough moments of the pandemic, but those rough moments in our lives. That's why I told you, you yeah. didn't just give a glory conversation. You gave us the story. Yeah. Then you gave us the glory. And it's like, oh man, yeah. okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so what yeah. you're telling to me is that trials are going to come, but they come to oh, make you strong. That's come. what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. They you make, know? It's like weightlifting. Like, uh, so I look, you're looking at me right now. I was a receiver. So I played at about... <laughs> You know, I'm 185, maybe 190, and like I, I could fly. Like I, I tell people, like God put w- wings on my back, I could fly. That's what I did. I wasn't big, I couldn't jump high, but I could run. Yeah, you know, that, that was my, that was what I brought to the table. And uh, but a few years ago, I fell in love with weightlifting and bodybuilding. So now all my old teammates, they they score on me, they joke on me, they call me <laughs> steroids, you know, because now I'm about 230. I'm strong. I am. I was living with one of my ministers and he said, Pastor, I don't know if you realize how strong you are. And I was like, I kind of know it. Like people look at me crazy in the gym and I know, but one guy was telling me, asking me the other day, other than the gym and I, I go in there and now I, I social distance like crazy. I don't be around nobody, but this, this was a little while. Actually what I'm saying the other day, it was a while. It was before the pandemic where we didn't have masks on. And uh, he said, he said, man, how you get there? And I was like, don't think that this came overnight, man. I said, what you see me lifting right here, dude, this been 11 years. It's been 11 years. This, this had been, and I was like, man, I, it hurts. Like I, I, one day I was working out with my wife. She was mad at me. She's like, why you got me doing all this stuff? And I was like, it ain't supposed to feel good. Like you're supposed to, 
kind of hurt because when you're working out, there are micro tears in your muscles. Right. You don't know that. People don't think about that. When you're working out, there are micro Matter of fact, there are micro tears even in your bone structure. And when you, your body actually, when you think you're tired or it's hurting, you get to a point where you got to stop. That's your body telling you, you about to hurt yourself. That's why you got to rack the weight. That's why you got to put it up. And what it does is then your body starts to send red blood cells filled with amino acids that's building proteins. That's what replenishing those areas. And that's where you get growth. Yeah. You don't get growth till you start breaking stuff up. So it's not comfortable. It hurts. Matter of fact, you got a couple of days later, like when I do legs, I'm a, I'm a 48 hour guy. Meaning 48 hours after I do legs, it's killing me. It's killing me. I'm walking funny. So if you see me walking funny, you're like, Pastor must did legs two days ago. I feel it. It hurt. And and it, it's funny, when the pandemic first hit, I went a few weeks when the gyms closed, I wasn't working out. And I wasn't sore. Now you're going you're gonna to like this coach. I told my, I said, babe, is this how people walk around life? Like, cause I walk around a little sore most of the time cause I live heavy. And, but it, that's why I'm strong. That's why I can do what I do. And it, I, I kind of made this connection. I was like, you know, the soreness always kind of keeps me in mind. I know I'm working and mm. I know I'm growing. Mm-hmm. When I wasn't sore, I was weaker, Chelsea. I went back to the yeah. gym. I couldn't push the weight. I was yeah. like, actually it was kind of psychological. I was like, man, I'm, I'm kind of soft up in here, you know. I'm like, I think I look flabby, you know. And That's and but what it, it was atrophy. The soreness, no matter I was working out getting stronger. When I was comfortable, had no, when there was no pain, I was actually going backwards. It was atrophy, you know. I was I I was no longer anabolic. I was you know I was catabolic. I was losing. I was losing muscle mass. And when you think about that spiritually, sometimes that soreness, you know, is a sign of like, hey, I'm growing, I'm working. Uh, when you're comfortable, you may be in spiritual atrophy and you relying not on the Lord anymore. You're relying on yourself and your situation That's and your so bank good. account. You know, uh, I, I mean, I, I can give example after example. I, I remember I had a friend of ours and she was she was she was having a tough time in her marriage. And um, they're still together, but she was having a tough time. And she told my wife, she came, we gave her a book to read. Can't even remember which one it was. And she said she came to the realization that she was in the state she was because she had made her husband Jesus. And so when he wasn't living up to Jesus, she was miserable because she, she took her eyes off of, of Christ as being her king. Mm-hmm. And she made her husband her king. And I was like, man, no person can live up to being who Jesus right. is in your life because, and it's not that we do something evil. We just can't give you what you need that's you it, know what yeah. i mean we, we can't we can't do that I, I i told my wife i said man i want to point her to christ but never never think i'm gonna be jesus for you that's yeah. your king he's your yeah. god he's your lord you exactly. go to him and you go to yep. him tell him help me you know i'm praying for me i need you praying for me too you know and and we, we and it, it's, it's basically just losing sight you know yeah. we lose sight we lose sight we lose perspective and it, it brings us back and Times like 2020, like I said, I say again, what a great time because people lost sight. Now they're asking questions. You know, people are looking like, man, what can I count on? Yeah, what can yeah. I trust? Because you know, stock market, I, my job, you know, I, uh, my bank account, my the stock market, the the, the the government. People have found out, man, the government can't do what I thought it could do. Yeah, my 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 boss, my whatever it is, my, my and then and then <laughs> you have people physically fit 
working out constantly, get COVID and die. Yep. So now, now I can't even control my own health as far as how healthy I am that my body can fight. Oh yeah. Who, who can I trust? Where do I go? Where do I find the answers? And that's why I said we come in, man, and we share. We that's what we bring the gospel. I think that's perfect. And I, and in a nutshell, as we begin to wrap this thing up, like you brought that thing home <laughs> because so often, and you see it on both sides, right? When you see, see from the spiritual view, I was having that conversation with somebody. When you see it out of spiritual lenses and the spiritual view, you understand that the pain is temporary. Yes. And he's utilizing that for us to grow. Another yeah. thing about that soreness that you mentioned, I always refer to my scars. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm a fair skin, fair yeah. skin sister. Y'all yeah. can yeah. see yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> right. If you follow me on social media, those that's listening and can't see, I am light skin. Okay. <laughs> okay. You can see my scars. You can see my scars on my knee for my five knee surgeries. Yes, five. Okay. Wow. wow. I know. You oh, can see man. my scars from bumps and bruises here and there. Right. You can see my scars here from a surgery. You can see that right now. I'm lathered some cocoa butt on that, y'all. So, <laughs> not too much. Okay. But at the end of the day, those scars are beautiful to God and they're beautiful to me because they take me back. Yeah. They take me back. And I do. I remember how heavy that load was. Mm -hmm. I remember how painful that moment was. Yeah. But now I see where I am. Amen. Yeah. And I also understood that even though I went to the orthopedic surgeon and even though I went to a cardiologist, right. And a neurosurgeon, all of those things, that's fine. But at the end of the day, my healing, right. Yep. My strength came from the Lord. Amen. And so if I made it through that and I know how much pain I was physically in, yep. if I made it through things that I was in pain in or struggled in, and I'm on the other side, my pastor, one of his favorite songs on the other side of through, <laughs> there's a blessing waiting for you. And yep. I feel that that's like, if there had to be a theme of this entire conversation of the hour, it's on the other side of through. Yeah, y'all, yes. when we going through, it does not feel good. It doesn't. Right. You use example as athletes and coaches when we're training the babies. No, it doesn't feel good. I always tell them, y'all, it's not punishment. This is preparation. Yes. Hear God yes. saying that to us in 2020. This is not punishment. This is preparation. Don't Amen. sit here and try to look at the clock. I tell them since this is a sports and Christian platform. Yeah. Stop yeah. looking at the clock. Make the time by running and give me what you it. got. I love it. I love Take it. Take your eye off the clock and focus on what I'm taking you through. I promise you there's a blessing waiting on the other side. Yes, and the same yes. thing that happens when they stop looking at the score clock and they run, they're on the other side of through mm -hmm. when the buzzer goes off. Mm -hmm. When they're hurting and in pain, it's like, oh, I don't think I'm ever get through this. But in that game, when they push and they win and it feels good, it's like, you see, y'all didn't, didn't see that in preseason. Yes. So yes. in 2020, when we're trying to make our way through and people are rushing and racing in 2021 because they feel that things are going to move out of the way. And again, that's not for me to know. I don't yeah. know. But yeah. what I do know is whenever God says it's through, on the other side of through, right, that's yeah. our preparation. It is not punishment. Yeah. So when you yeah. sit on this, when you take yourself in that, all you've been saying is we're going through that story moment right now. Amen. Amen. When he wipes his hand in this pandemic queen. Yeah. Well, you're going through clean yeah your story amen amen sis amen sis i'm i'm so grateful to be on 
hopefully I can do this again. You know, we, we can yeah, man. You're part of different topics, man. Me and you a little kindred spirit. We can talk all day. We can talk. We I can know. do this all day. We can <laughs> talk all day. But I love it, man. And I love I love this platform that you're doing. I know I it's just people. I want to encourage you with this, man. The work you're doing with those young ladies as coach is it, so much bigger than basketball. So much Amen. bigger than basketball. And I'm I'm praying for you. I'm encouraged. Hey, keep on being that salt and light. Keep on pushing those young ladies. Keep on. Lord have mercy. You got to deal with those parents. Lord have mercy. I'm praying for you on that. I, I don't know how y'all do it. I was like, I coach professional. Because I don't deal with no parents. I try not to be one of those parents. I got babies playing ball. And I'm like, I don't want to be that parent. But uh, yeah. but no, I, I get it. And uh, I'm praying for you, sis. And I love your ministry. I love how the Lord connected us. And I'm looking for um, uh, just much more. I anticipate much more how God's going to be using us. I appreciate it so much, man. And I want to just take the time to say I thank you. I thank you for what you do. I thank you for being the man of God and the example for these athletes to recognize that, you know, challenges come, right? And it's all good to be an athlete, be in sports, but God has a greater calling on our lives. And that's why he sent this platform. Amen. And, and when we give them examples that they can look and see, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, oh, well, if he can do it, and even in those why, Lord, why moments, yeah. all right? Yeah. I'll go ahead yeah. and pick up my brother book. Yeah. Even yeah. those why, Lord, why moments, on the other side of through, you get these conversations yeah. like today with Daryl Jones. Amen. So Amen. I appreciate Amen. you, man. Amen. I do. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, y'all. So I, I'm going to let him get out of here. I should try to <laughs> hold him because he's trying to Go, yeah, we're go, go. We about to beat these Tar Heels today. <laughs> well, before you go, bro, can you uh, bless us real good and give us a prayer, prayer before we head out? Okay, my pleasure, my pleasure. Come on, let's pray, family. Father in heaven, I'm so grateful for this opportunity and and the the technology we have now that we can put, uh, we we can use the internet as an agent of grace that we can spread the good news of Jesus Christ that we can point people to your grace and the hope we have in Jesus. And I'm grateful for this servant leader platform. I'm grateful for coach Chelsea and what she's doing and all the coaches and players and families that is being impacted through her ministry um, here as, as coach and this ministry online. So father, send us out in your grace. Um, as we have talked about today, a lot of this is preparation. So may we, be faithful and true witnesses as we have a ready answer. Not that we've prepared, but we're leaning on the Holy Spirit that as people are trying to find the answers and navigate the craziness of what's going on in this time, in this season of life on earth, that we as the body of Christ are able to share the good news of Jesus, able to share our faith, to able to share our testimony. And then, Lord, we step back and let you do what only you do. By your Holy Spirit. We don't, we're not gonna save anybody. You're your savior. And Lord, we're just thankful for the opportunity, thankful for your grace, your provision for us. And Lord, we make ourselves available. However, you're gonna use us, Lord. We make ourselves available. Uh, yeah, we have requests, Lord. I, I, I ask that you, you remove this pandemic. Lord, I request, I ask that you you get things back on track where we but. Lord, you, your will may not be we get back to what we think is normal. You may have a new normal for us, Lord. So give us wisdom. Give us discernment that we can be who you've called us to be in this world. And we do it all for your glory, Lord. And we pray this all in Jesus' name, by the power of your spirit. Amen. Amen, my brother. Ooh, you didn't, look, you don't put a prayer on it because you're trying to get them hurricanes to win. <laughs> <laughs> 
Look, yeah, man. Yeah. I, I, I ain't mad. Oh, I ain't got no shame. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you so much, man, for what you do and who you are. You are now part of the servant leader family. So hey, there's part of the family. I, I love ever you. do. I you just it. let me know. And and when when we get on the other side of this, I come up to Tallahassee, hang with you and your husband. I'm gonna wear all Miami gear. I'm gonna wear all. I'm be uh, you. You can't. You can't do that. Now. Now. <laughs> you can't wear that gear now. I'm gonna switch you out with some other orange and green, and then we'll be okay. We'll meet in the middle. <laughs> we'll be all right. We'll go check out my boy, uh, servant leader Willie Simmons. How about that? Oh, good. That'll work. That'll work. I'm good with it. I'm good. I'm good. All right, bro. Thank you so much, man. You take care. We'll talk soon. Take care. God bless you.